This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to journalist Lot Fuller, Najat Fizale. He's an Afghan journalist. He is born, raised in Afghanistan. He lives there. He's going to be speaking to us about what's going on on the ground. Obviously, the US troops have pulled out recently and the Taliban is sweeping across the country. A lot of the Afghan military are just abandoning their posts. The Taliban are becoming very powerful again. Lot Fuller is going to talk to us all about that. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popular front. Um, obviously, there's you know a very bad situation right now in Afghanistan. The Taliban is just sweeping across the country by the looks of it. Maybe just explain to us what is actually happening right now. What, why, why is this you know, so rapid, the advance across the country? Well, post-withdrawal uh, of the U.S. forces, um, there has been a dramatic shift in the battlefield. The Taliban have taken more than 185 districts out of 420-plus or so. Um, uh, in just in the past couple of months. And that has been, uh, uh, I think, significant. The Taliban um, controlled only 15 to 20 districts um, uh, in the past 20 years. So, com- so relatively speaking, this has been a huge shift. Um, uh, and that has created a lot of anxiety, a lot of concerns. Uh, a lot of concerns about the peace process and what's going to happen to the peace process. Are the Taliban really serious about it or not? Are they after a military takeover? And uh, I think that has uh, taken a lot of people by surprise and that has also impacted uh, the ongoing uh, peace negotiations in Doha. Yeah. Um, and what's the status with the, the US troops now? Are they completely, they're completely gone or, or are there some still there? I think uh, the, uh, as the Pentagon says, the 95% uh, are gone. So the remaining 5% would be probably a couple of hundreds, but they will be gone by uh, the end of August. Uh, and then there will be a small number of troops uh, based at the US embassy for the embassy protection. In Kabul? In Kabul. Right, and then nowhere else? No, um, the US campaign has come to an end. This is an Afghan land, an Afghan war. Why is it then that the Taliban are managing to sweep so quickly across Afghanistan? Because the US have been there for a long time now, as we know, over 10 years. They've been supposedly training up all the, you know, the Afghan military. And it seems like, you know, for want of a better term, they're kind of dropping like flies. Why is that? I think um, that is the consequences of the withdrawal. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of uh, in a lot of these districts, people didn't fight. And in some districts, the district fell before the Taliban are actually arrived. So, so I think I think this uh, is a huge morale crisis that we're dealing with. But we all know this is temporary. Uh, you know, this is some, this is something uh, transitional. I don't think the Taliban will be able to hold all these places for for a longer period of time. And just in the past couple of weeks, we have seen some districts retaken by the government uh, and uh, the Taliban's uh, 
uh, you know, takeover of districts has slowed down quite significantly. Um, and, and some days, I think uh, a month ago this time, they were taking more than more than 10 districts a day. So when you say they take it, what do they do? They move in, obviously the military leave, the Afghan military are gone or they're defeated or they surrender. Then what happens? Are the Taliban actually trying to like implement any long-term kind of positions there or are they just taking over and kind of, you know, leaving and going elsewhere? Like what's their position? Because obviously once the US troops leave, there's going to have to be something there. And a lot of people are saying it's going to look like Taliban will control most of the country. Well, in most of these districts that the Taliban have taken over, the footprint of the government was, was already very, very limited uh, to a, a few government uh, buildings, officials, of course, a district governor, police chief. Um, and uh, I think uh, around 100 security forces. And in some districts, they were military based. So you don't have an army base in every single district. Um, so in some of these districts that there, there were army presence, I think some fought, most didn't. So they retreated. They went to, they came to the provincial capitals, which are under uh, the government control. We have uh, 34 provinces. So all 34 provincial capitals are under government control. So what the Taliban do after they uh, take over the districts, I think they uh, appoint a district governor um, and uh, they try to basically run the uh, district. The government is still paying for the salaries of the teachers and the schools. Uh, uh, I think the school money and all that is still, you know, coming from the government. But the but the security structure, you know, is um, uh, is changing. Right. And what's life like for people actually on the ground now in places where the Taliban have taken over? Very conflicting reports are coming, Jake, from uh, mm. throughout the country. In some places, uh, we hear that there is a lot of executions happening. Uh, if you look at uh, Ispin Boldak, a very key district uh, on the border with uh, uh, Pakistan, mm. uh, which is also a border crossing, uh, a, a quite quite significant one. And the Taliban are, of course, denying. But the fact that the um, um, I think the the uh, the the governance umbrella, the uh, the authority. Uh, is gone, is, is vanished, then a lot of uh, ethnic feuds, uh, a lot of, uh, it's a state of anarchy in some of these places. Mm. So a lot of these things do happen. Um, uh, but in some places, uh, not much, to be very honest. So uh, uh, they become even more, they become even more disconnected. Right. And I was reading um, that in a place, places like I think Bamiyan it is in the mountainous areas, um, places like that. They were saying that there's some kind of, you know, resistance from locals that are fighting back against the Taliban. Not the not the Afghan military, but you know, local militia. Um, do you think that's realistic? Have you heard anything about that? Yes, and uh, not just Bamiyan, which is in central, um, you know, mountainous Afghanistan, but mm. uh, in, uh, in many many places, uh, areas around Kabul, also in the north. Uh, in most provincial capitals in the north, uh, which uh, haven't fallen yet, is because of local resistance. Um, uh, and people have taken up arms and they fight the Taliban. So that is uh, the Taliban's progress in terms of gaining, uh, making territorial gains, has not because that they have defeated 
the army and the police is because nobody fought, nobody stood up, nobody um, uh, really resisted. So that's why they managed to take so much territory in such a short amount of time. But when resistance happens, then that is, uh, uh, that's when uh, the Taliban are really tested. So the Taliban tried in a couple of places to take over provincial capitals, which, which I believe they, they failed. Also, also, I think in, in one or two occasions, uh, there were some um, U.S. intervention, military intervention in terms of airstrikes as well. Right, right. Um, so whilst, whilst obviously, like you said, the, the kind of the sweeping gains that the Taliban have made have been mostly because, I guess, Afghan National Army and whatever, just kind of leaving, just abandoning the place without fighting. Um, this does look pretty bad for the, for the US, right? Like over 10 years of war there, now they're leaving and the Taliban is pretty much, you know, taken over half the country, whether that's by force or whatever. Um, you know, as a journalist that you, you've been reporting there this whole time, what do you make of all of this? Like, what do you think is going to happen? It seems to me like whatever the US did was a massive failure, but of course I'm not there. Um, wh what do you make of it all? Well, first on the US departure, I think that was a big surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this is such a vast country, mountainous, and uh, some of these areas are quite remote. It takes you, given the Afghan terrain, and geography, it takes you days to go from one provincial capital to a district, to uh, particularly in places like Badakhshan, where where you know there are not even basic roads uh, there. So so I think I think uh, in most of these uh, military postings and uh, checkpoints and bases were supplied uh, via air. So the once the U.S. air support is you know is gone. And that 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 stopped. Um, I think I think collapse of these uh, these uh, government presence and government uh, positioning and basis uh, that was inevitable. That was happening. You the the government in Kabul with its very limited air capabilities could not sustain uh, such a vast presence throughout the country. So I think I think that is when we say that the current. Taliban gain is because of the U.S. withdrawal. That's what exactly we, we uh, you know, we mean. In addition to its psychological impact, what's going to happen next? I think, well, that's uh, that's a very difficult question. But I think all options are 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 um, um, possible. All scenarios are possible. Civil war is possible. A political settlement is still possible. A new stalemate, a new sort of uh, fighting between um, a government and the Taliban is, is what we're seeing. So, so whatever is, whatever is going to happen in the next couple of months is going to be critical, is going to be ugly. Is going to be decisive. Yeah. And what has the government response been to this? Because right now, from the outside at least, it looks like the Taliban is a lot stronger than the government. Um, what, are they, what have they kind of said publicly about all of this? Well, the Taliban, from what we know, uh, they have uh, been quite tight-lipped when it comes to peace talks. Mm. We had this very high-level delegation visiting Doha. Doha is where the peace talks are happening. Yeah. Um, and the Taliban, after two days of talks, did not even agree to discuss 
did not even agree to discuss some of the top issues like you know constitutional changes, like a political roadmap, like um, you know ceasefire and confidence building measures. So they demanded release of their prisoners. Um, so if that is the if that is the mood of the Taliban when it comes to peace talks, basically they're asking for surrender, right? One would interpret it like this. Um, but I think one should not be, um, one, sh one shouldn't come to the conclusion that um, uh, there would be no resistance against the Taliban. Government is weak, yes, but the Taliban's enemy, the Taliban's the resistance force is not just the government. Mm -hmm. Look at the country's ethnic composition. Look at the country's historic rivalries and, and issues. Look at the Taliban's past um, uh, where, where it was 20 years ago. So I think, I think all of these um, um, uh, will, uh, will contribute to a new situation where the Taliban will face armed resistance all over the country. So that's why I think we all prefer peace, a political settlement. This war has no military solution. We all say this. Even the Taliban say this. Yeah, I think if history shows anything, that's definitely true. It's just not going to end with that. Um, in terms of any public support the Taliban might have, how high is that? Are they, are they supported by many people or are they just kind of bullying their way across the place? I think surveys, if you look at surveys, uh, mm. of course, you know, the recent survey that I've seen uh, is probably from last year. So, so, no, so no public approval uh, rating of the Taliban that I've seen is more than 15, 10 to 15%. Um, but, but things, of course, have changed a little bit, you know, in the past year in favor of the Taliban. And now that they control, I mean, people's psychology also changes. But I think the people of Afghanistan is stuck between a hard, in a hard and a, uh, and a, a rock and a hard place, um, meaning that the Taliban on one side, and then a government which largely fails to deliver services, largely fails to be to represent all Afghans. I think that's that's on the other side. So 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 really the people. Are, are, are stuck in between. Um, and, uh, but when it comes to Republic versus Emirate, you know, what kind of system people want, I think the Republic's approval rating as a political system is, is very, very dominant to something probably around, uh, I don't know, 70 to 80%. It doesn't sound like a very good situation. Um, Maybe just give us an idea briefly about the kind of ideology that the Taliban has. Because over here in the West, we just hear the Taliban has done this, the Taliban has done that. And then we hear, you know, people get confused with Al-Qaeda and all of this other stuff. Maybe just give us an idea of what the Taliban, you know, in 2021, what do they actually believe in? What's their stance? Because obviously they're taking over areas. Eventually they're going to control some of them, um, or they are. What, what kind of ideology or, or system are they going to try and implement? Well, the Taliban are the same. The Taliban are, you know, same group, same name, even same individuals. You know, when you go to Doha, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, you see the people who were Taliban ministers and and, and and senior officials twenty years ago when they were uh, when they were 
executing women at the stadium when they were um, burning uh, trees uh, in northern Kabul uh, and vineyards in, 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 in northern Kabul, when they were executing in big numbers of minorities in central Afghanistan. So some of these people, I think, are still in the ranks of Taliban. And, um, and we hope that they have changed. Um, we haven't seen much. Uh, they're saying that they don't want all of the power. They're saying that they don't um, want a, uh, um, they don't want the country to harm other countries. They don't want Afghanistan to turn into a place where all the uh, uh, international terrorists will, uh, will be uh, uh, based here. But what are the assurances? Um, uh, how can you verify that? I think, I think that, is, that, is a, that is a very critical question. So the Taliban as a religious group, predominantly coming from one part of Afghanistan, is, is trying to influence or impose a specific lifestyle upon this very diverse country. I think that that will not sustain, that is not manageable, un unless you are, unless you really change, you know, the, uh, your, uh, your outlook. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th I think a lot of people um, outside of Afghanistan don't seem to realize that it's one of the most ethnically, religiously, culturally diverse places on the planet. And they just see, oh, Taliban have taken over, you know, especially the, the so-called anti-imperialists. You see them online kind of in the West, even cheering on the Taliban. It's madness, you know, just because obviously now the US is gone or whatever. But yeah, I think people miss that a lot, that it is, um, you know, so diverse and so mixed. Um, what what is the situation with the Turks? I've heard that there are Turkish forces still there. Um, I saw the Taliban saying, you know, they want the Turkish forces to leave. Um, how serious is that an issue? But Jake, uh, on on the diversity, very briefly. Yeah. Afghanistan. I mean, that's also our beauty, right? Exactly. Uh, that's also that's that's also uh, the strength of this country. Uh, it's just it's just a matter of how you find the formula to live in a diverse society, peacefully, um, in harmony. I think, I think Afghanistan's diversity is such a huge plus. Um, um, uh, so, 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 so that's one thing. On the Turks, I think the Turks have uh, made a deal with NATO and the Americans to uh, maintain security of the airport. Uh, the airport is important because worst case, all embassies need to operate here and then they, they, they should be able to leave. Mm. And also for the day-to-day -day operations, you know, they need a functioning airport. So, so um, uh, and for that, they need a security guaranteed at the Kabul uh, airport. And for that reason, I think that uh, there's going to be Turkish, I can't say Turkish military, but there's going to be Turkish um, security forces Private. There are a lot of rumors about it. You know mm -hmm. that they are bringing Syrians or, or, or uh, you know, militias or security companies. So we don't know whether whether they're going to really keep you uh, Turkish troops here. So that will uh, that will be the responsibility of Turkey, and the Turkey will be paid by NATO and the U.S. from what we know for that. Yeah, strange situation. I imagine they might end up in some kind of conflict um, eventually. 
Um, what's the situation like for you? Obviously, you live there, your news um, media, you know, your company is all independent. And obviously, the Taliban, I've seen it already, they've been executing journalists, they've even executed a comedian recently. Like, what? what is the situation for you? Are you guys worried? Like, it doesn't seem good if, if they do sweep across the country. Well, media is very strong in Afghanistan. We have the freest media uh, uh, in the entire region compared with any of Afghanistan's immediate neighbors, mm. uh, whether, whether it's Iran or Pakistan or Central Asia or China, but also, uh, I think, in, in the larger periphery. Uh, so, so Afghanistan um, is very lucky to have a very strong press. But also Afghanistan is one of the deadliest countries for journalists. So um, we lose roughly around a dozen journalists a, a year in the past couple of years. So that's very, very alarming. Um, now with the peace process and the recent, um, I think the recent Taliban offensive, that has created more concerns, not just about um, how are we gonna deal with the Taliban, but how are we gonna you know, maintain or, 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 or keep what we have achieved in the past 20 years. So um, at Tolo, working at Tolo, uh, which is which at Tolo News, we have the largest uh, uh, newsroom, a news operation in the country mm. based throughout Afghanistan. Uh, reports coming from across Afghanistan every day. Unfortunately, a lot of it is about conflict and war. Um, so we, we and, and, we, and we, we, we're here with our families and, you know, and we're, this is, this is, this is not just our job, but this is also our life. So, um, so we, we are worried and we are thinking about how can we, you know, how can we all survive? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm quite confident that the country, the country has changed in the past 20 years. Um, society has changed. We're one of the youngest populations um, uh, in the world. Uh, I think the median age is 18. Uh, two thirds of Afghans are under 25. And they barely remember the Taliban regime 20 years ago, 21 years ago. So, so that social transformation cannot be underestimated. Yeah, and how does that affect like the culture, would you say? It affects culture, of course. I mean, every generation brings uh, you know, their own set of uh, cultural values. Um, uh, and uh, I think I think uh, the country is way more liberal and modern, um, and more I think uh, exposed to the world than than it was twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Mm. Um, uh, there are uh, four or five flights to places like Dubai or 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 or, or Delhi every day from Kabul, and we have direct flights from places like Host Province to Dubai. Uh, I think a couple of times a week. So um, a direct flight from Herat to Dubai, from Mazar to Istanbul. So this is a country that you're dealing with and, and, and people are engaging. And this is, and this is not what we had uh, um, at any time in our history. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Um, 
Would you would you say then? Obviously, a lot of people are not particularly happy that the Taliban are sweeping across the country. But would you say people are generally happy that America are leaving, um, or not? Like, what's the kind of feeling around that? Well, Americans were 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 going to leave one day anyway. Mm. Uh, I, I'm I'm not I, I I'm not in a position to sort of come to numbers, right? But uh, I think the American departure was a very big surprise and it's costing um, our achievements and the morale. I think the timing could have been managed well and better. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think people feel perhaps betrayed then by the US that they're just pulling out like this? I think, that, I think, I think the people, especially in the urban areas, they're paying the price of the yeah. US departure. Yeah, it seems like it now. We're seeing it um, every day in updates. Um, okay, mate, is, is there anything else you want to mention uh, before we go? All good. All right, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was Lotfullah Najat Fizada. You can follow him on Twitter at L-N-A-J-A-F-I-Z-A-D-A He's the head of Tolo News Check them out They're Afghanistan's first 24-hour news and current affairs television network um, What they're doing is very important Definitely do see uh, Tolo News Look for them Watch what they're doing If you like what we're doing uh, Consider supporting us at Patreon.com Slash Popular Front You will get lots of extras there Bonus episodes Um episodes early audio narrated articles um the whole series too cool for j school there's loads of stuff there definitely check us out uh, we do not accept any corporate sponsorship so the way we make money is via the patreon via merchandise via special projects so yeah patreon.com slash popular front or if you prefer you can go to www popularfront.co slash support there are different ways you can support us there one-time donations bitcoin or you can inquire about possible investment so long as you're not like a patrick bateman psychopath type yeah thank you to our sponsors this episode uh this episode is sponsored by oracle coffee shop in portland oregon usa they're an independent coffee business selling only fair trade products see them at 3875 southwest Bond Avenue 97239. Tell them that Popular Front sent you. The episode is also sponsored by Grindcore House, a pair of independent coffee shops in Philadelphia, USA, one in South, one in West. Find them on socials at Grindcore House. The episode is also sponsored by Propagandopolis, an outlet selling and writing about historical conflict propaganda from around the world. Buy prints at propagandopolis.com. Use the promo code POPULARFRONT10 for 10% off. By the way, uh, by the time this podcast episode goes out, we will have a range up ourselves. So Popular Front, in collaboration with Propagandopolis, um, you'll be able to see it. There's four, I believe, prints, uh, all related to Popular Front, that you can buy um, from Propagandopolis. So that is P-R-O-P-A-G-A-N-D. O-P-O-L-I-S dot com. Just think propaganda, but it sounds Greek. Propagandopolis.com. There should be the Popular Front series up there by the time you hear this episode. 
If you want to find us on social media, Twitter at popularfrontco, Instagram at popular.front or the backup at popularfront underscore. Uh, if you want to follow me on anything, it's just at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Music. Oh yeah, also, fuck. yeah. Follow us on uh, YouTube as well. Subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash popularfront. I am slowly getting all of the backlog of uh, podcast episodes up onto the YouTube as well, but obviously that takes a lot of time, so just bear with me, but that is all there. YouTube.com slash popularfront. Or I think I've got the domain popularfront.tv and I think that goes straight to the YouTube. Anyway, yeah, try that. Uh, Music in this episode, the intro was by an artist called Home and the outro, as always, was by Sam Black. Check his music out at samblackpf.com. Thank you very much to the following higher tier Patreons. Thank you. Without you, this would not keep moving. Thank you to Tommy Pietri, James Leons, Kate, Ellen, Dan Ross, Thumper, Lisa Milgram, Lupita Valens, Bradley Davies, Brendan Crave, Pete Hesher, RX, A. Nicole, Travis Lieberman, Cherry, Ben Marshall, Dallas Dunn, LD50 Seattle, MJ, Meredith Waters, Adam H, Larson8669, Carante, Bjorn Kirsten, Diamondstein, Jacob, Michael O'Connor, Zach Picard, Todd Cravens, Alexander, Nicholas Butter, Ron Swanson, JD, Jav, Ian Froes, James Colley, Tynan Daly, Michael Akakan, Ethan, Fitzmadrid, Ed Coulthard, Clayton Taylor, Mike Barone, Ben, Liam Williams, Chris Cusimano, Degenerate Zero Alpha, George Arani, DR, Trey Nance, doing them fast today rapid because it's hot as fuck in here uh, I want to open the window again uh, Amy R Rubicon Frank Austin Amelia Me, Noah Ease Christina Rivetti Freya Northman Ali Hunter Moody Al-Rashid Bill Wilson Andrew Hurley Vida Provost Brian McLaughlin Tom Lochrin Young Wasabi Tony Bin Adam Bergsnyder JL Stephen Davila Anthony Kabarek Dan Donham Fletcher Tate Chad Walker Diana Gorvanek Lawrence Abrahams Peter McCormick from What Bitcoin Did, Axel Iverson, Christopher Martin, Ryan Sandercock, and Moritz Zumbo. Thank you all so much. Like I said, without you, this would not be possible. 